So we've come now to the beginning of the Lenten season. Lent being that 40-day season in the life of the church, where, which has been set aside as a time of spiritual preparation and reflection and repentance. Ash Wednesday signifies the start of Lent, and the act of being marked with the ashes is a symbol of repentance and our mortality. As I've been thinking about Ash Wednesday, I've, I've been thinking both about our, our current sun, Sunday morning sermon series on the seven deadly sins, and, and on one of the messages that Pastor Doug shared with our men on our retreat in January. And if I have anything good to say in the next few minutes, it probably came from Doug on the retreat. So um, if you don't like anything, that's me. But. Uh, but in, in both of those streams of thought, I've been thinking about this idea of repentance. Now, repent, repentance, it's, it's pretty churchy language. We don't hear that kind of terminology used outside of the church very much. And, and I found over my few years in ministry that it's often helpful to think through those ideas from time to time, to, to think through what those words really mean and, and not just kind of use them and gloss past them. Sometimes they become so familiar we don't really think about what they mean or, or we don't think we can ask what they mean. It was great during uh, dinner earlier, a couple of the kids were like, ask Pastor Scott, ask Pastor Scott. What, what do you want to ask me? Why is it called Ash Wednesday? I said, oh, well, upstairs in the service, we're going we're gonna to put ashes on people's foreheads. And they kind of give me this funny look. I said, well, all through the Bible, ashes were a symbol, a symbol people used to, to show that they were repentant. And they kind of gave me another look. Like, right. To show that they wanted to turn away from their sin and turn toward God. And so we put the ashes on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday to remember that we want to turn our hearts away from sin and toward God. And they said, oh, okay. Happy as could be. It was great. Um, then their parents sat down. They said, oh, I was just giving your kids a theology lesson. And I said, oh, yeah, what'd you tell them? I said, well, ask them, and they rattled it all right off. I think they got most of it, so we're doing something right. But anyway, this idea of repentance, what does it mean to repent? Why must we repent? What's at stake if we don't repent? Is repentance something we can only do once, or, or can we repent after we enter into a relationship with Jesus? In Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 9, we hear about the start of Jesus' ministry, and I want to read that passage as well. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. said, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and, as, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. 
After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So here we have Jesus right at the start of his ministry. And he's just been baptized by John. We hear those beautiful words spoken over him from from God, speaking from heaven. And the dove comes and anoints him. And and then he goes into the wilderness for 40 days. I don't think it's any coincidence that Lent is also a period of 40 days. Uh, And he was tempted by Satan. But then he comes back and he starts preaching. And what's the message of those sermons? The time has come. The time is now. The kingdom of God, the rule of God, the reordering of things to bring them under the will of God. It's happening. God is doing it. That's what God was doing. But the people needed to do something in response, he said. He said they needed to repent and believe the good news. Now, it's interesting to me, to note that the good news at that point wasn't that Jesus died on a cross so we could go to heaven. He hadn't died yet. But he was still saying there was good news to believe because God was coming to set things right. And if God is coming near, that's his part. But then our part is if God is going to come near, then we need to repent. We need to get right with God. So I think sometimes it can be easier to understand what something is if we can identify what it's not. So here are three things that repentance is not, although there are components of each of them that kind of feed into our idea of repentance. First, repentance is not merely realization. Admitting there's a problem in your life, admitting there's some sin in your life may be the first step. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it can't be the last step. Paul asked rhetorically in Romans 6, shall we go on sinning once we realize that that's what we're doing? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? May it never be. Realizing there is sin in our lives, it's not the same as repenting of that sin. So sin is not, or repentance is not realizing. But second, repentance is not regret. We've all felt regret at one point in our lives or another. We often feel regret over, over the negative consequences of our choices, whether to do something or not to do something. But regret tends to focus on the sadness over the outcome of a situation, of of something that either happened or didn't happen. Regret may lead a person to avoid future punishment, but it's not the same as repentance. I I think sometimes about my kids where they, they do something and they know it's wrong and they don't really care that it was wrong. Just being honest, we've all been there. Um, they don't really care that it's wrong, but then there's a consequence. And then they get sad. Any, anyone ever been there with their kids? Yeah. Uh, they, they get sad about the consequence, but not so much about the sin. And so, repentance is not the same as regret. 
But third, repentance isn't the same as remorse. Now, we're getting a little closer, and remorse acknowledges our responsibility in an action that we deem to be wrong and our sorrow over committing such an act. This brings us that much closer to the idea of repentance. But repentance is more than just being sorry. You know, that word sorry, it's related to our word for sorrow. And we can feel sorrow over things. We can be sorry for something and still not repent. However, Paul tells the Corinthian church that godly sorrow can lead us to repentance. So we're getting closer. But if realization, if realization, regret, and remorse don't go far enough to be called repentance, what does it mean to repent? If Jesus is calling the people to repent because God's kingdom is coming, what does it mean? And in 2 Chronicles 7, uh, God's speaking to King Solomon, and God's telling him what is going to happen if the people fall into disobedience, if they decide to, to turn away from God. And then in verse 14, God says, But if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked way, then I will heal, hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And I think that verse gets right there into the heart of repentance. Repentance is acknowledging our sin, our responsibility, and its wrongness. That's the part where the verse says, humble yourself and pray. But remember, I said in our sermon on pride and humility a few weeks ago that humility is having a right understanding of ourselves before God. But then there's the second half, seeking God's face and turning from our wicked ways. You've, you've got to put the two together to get to that idea of repentance. They're tied together. You can't turn to God if you're still focused on sin. And it's hard to see His face when we're still orienting our hearts towards sin. There has to be a choice to turn. That's repentance, turning from sin and toward God, just like I told those kids downstairs. And if they can get it, I think we can get it. You think? I think. Tonight, as we come face to face with our sin and our mortality, tonight, as we begin the season of Lent with its focus on repentance and spiritual preparation, tonight, where is God asking you about repentance? Where is he speaking to your heart about repentance? We sang with Patrick just a few minutes ago, create in me a clean heart, O God. Where does God need to do a cleaning, cleansing work in your heart? What is God asking you to turn away from so that you can turn wholeheartedly toward God. Repentance isn't just a once and done kind of opportunity for new believers. We've been talking in our vice or virtue series about the seven deadly sins and how those sins are our sins. Brothers and sisters, 
What's keeping you tonight from loving God with a clean, undivided heart? Repent and believe the good news. First John says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Repentance is our part. The cleansing is God's part. We can trust His Word. In a moment, you'll have the opportunity to come and receive the ashes and the symbol the sign of a cross. This is an outward sign of that inward work that God is doing in your heart. All who repent of their sins are welcome to come forward and receive the ashes as Patrick plates. We're going to just form two lines, two, two lines down the aisle here, and you're welcome to come. But as you come, I want you to ask God, what is what is that sin you're talking to me about tonight? You've all got those quarter sheet cards. Either before you come or after you come and receive the ashes. Take out that card. Write down, what's God saying to my heart tonight? What's he saying about the sin that's still in my life? Where do I need to repent and turn towards him.